Chesterbrook Academy Preschool is here to help your child move forward academically, socially, and emotionally. You'll be amazed at the progress they'll make in our classrooms. They'll be ready for kindergarten and make lots of new friends in the process. So they'll be happy, and in turn, so will you. Contact us today to schedule an open house appointment starting at 10 a.m. on Saturday, January 22nd. Visit ChesterbrookAcademy.com to find a preschool near you. That's ChesterbrookAcademy.com. We're going to learn through some of Reb Lazar Silver's ideas and his approach to the mitzvah of lighting the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash. And he has some interesting ideas which contrast with Reb Chaim's ideas on this. He begins with a Gemara in Menachos. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Amar Rebbe, Ner Shekabsa, a candle of the menorah which goes out. Nidshan Hashemin, Nidashna Hapsila. The oil and the wicks have been ashes. Ketzad Osa, so what should the Kohen do? Metiva, Vinosain Bashemin, Umadalika. He has to prepare it, put new oil in it, and then light it. So the question that the Rishonim debate, and there's three major positions, is what exactly is the case of this Gemara that the Kohen has to replace the oil and only then relight the candle? So Rashi explains that we're talking about a candle which went out in the middle of the night. So the Kohen lit the candle in the evening before, and then he comes back before morning, sometime in the middle of the night, and the candle, one of the candles has gone out. So according to Rashi, he has to replace the oil, replace the wick, and only then can he relight this menorah candle. Now, the uh, Mepharshim are bothered, and we'll see Reb Lazar's approach to this. Why does he have to replace the candle, the oil, the wick in that situation? Why can't he just light whatever oil is remaining in there? So the Rashi was the first to ask this, and uh, based on this, he actually disagrees with Rashi. He says that if you come in in the middle of the night, you certainly are able to just relight the candle. You don't have to replace anything. And uh, the Gemara, which says you have to replace it, so the Rashi says that's talking about in the morning. And uh, it's a special halacha that the Ner Ravi, the western candle, has to be lit even during the day. The other candles only have to be lit at night, uh, but the Ner Ravi is a special candle, and it has to be lit even during the day. So so in the morning, if the Kohen comes in and that candle has gone out, then he has to put a new wick and oil in there and light it, uh, as opposed to if it has not gone out, then he's able to just add some oil and it will keep burning for the day. So uh, according to the Rashba, the Gemara's situation is in the morning, and it's referring to the Ner Ma'ravi. Uh, the Rambam is the third major approach to this Gemara, and he essentially agrees with the Rashba that in the middle of the night you would not need to replace the oil and the wick, uh, whereas in the morning you do need to replace it. Uh, but except for the Rambam, it's talking about all of the candles. So uh, the Rambam has a very original position here, which is that the candles of the menorah have to be lit both in the morning and in the evening. All the other Rishonim hold that it only has to be lit in the evening. The Rambam holds that it's lit also in the morning. So according to the Rambam, if the Kohen comes in in the morning and the candle is still burning, all he needs to do is add a little bit of oil and uh, that's it. But if he comes in in the morning and the candle is, has burned out, then he needs to replace the oil in the wick and only then can he relight it. But uh, both the Rashba and the Rambam agree that unlike Rashi, if you come in the middle of the night and the candle has gone out, you don't need to replace the oil in the wick, you just relight them. Now, the question is, why does Rashi require 
re- replacing the oil and the wick. So Reb Lazer says something interesting here, which is that generally we understand that according to Rashi, before you can light the menorah candles, you need to clean out the oil, the old oil and the wick and replace it. Uh, Reb Lazer actually says that he thinks this works the other way. That there is no obligation in order to light the candles to replace them. But the replacing is the actual obligation. And he bases this on the notion, the Gemara says, Hadlaka lav avodahi. The lighting of the menorah is not considered avoda, the service of the Besam Mikdash. Whereas the preparation of the lighting of the menorah is considered avoda. So this is uh, one of the ironies of the menorah, that the lighting is not avoda, whereas the preparation is avoda. Says Reb Lazer, you cannot have a lighting without avoda. So that requires, it necessitates having a preparation, otherwise you won't have any avoda here. And therefore you need to lift up the oil and the wick from the candle in order to create an avoda uh, before you light it. Now, once you lift it up, says Reb Lazer, then you can't just put it back down and relight it. Then already it's considered like the refuse of the menorah and you have to replace it and put new wick and new oil in there. So that's his uh, reading of Rashi, that the process begins not with the need to prepare it in order to light it, but the need to prepare it for the sake of the preparation itself, because the preparation is the avoda, the hatava is the real avoda. And uh, once you do the hatava, then already you need to replace the whole thing. And uh, this is, uh, again, uh, an original idea. Reb Lazer surveys that the other Mepharshim read this differently. Uh, the Rashba understands that the reason why in Rashi you have to replace the oil and the wick is because they were actually ruined. They all became ashes, and uh, some of the ashes from the wick went into the oil, and therefore you're not able to use it. Um, the Olas Shlomo very similarly understands that this is talking about a situation where the ashes of the wick caused it to go out. So that's why you can't just relight it. Uh, and he limits this, that if the wick was usable, then uh, you could just use it. Um, and the Nazar HaKodesh uh, also he uh, reads that the situation is that the oil in the wick became ashes, so it's unusable, and then it went back into the other oil and made it unusable. So uh, all these uh, Mepharshim are reading this, that the oil in the wick became unusable for some reason. Uh, Reb Lazer, again, has a different view of this, which is that even if it's usable, you need to replace them in order to do the preparation, which is avoda. Now, interestingly enough, the uh, briskerov in Chidushe Maron Riz HaLevi Al HaRambam, Revelvel Soloveitchik in his work on the Rambam. So he too offers a very similar reading to Reb Lazer's in the sense that he too reads this Rashi as saying that you need to do the preparation for the sake of the preparation. And this is based on his theory that the Dishon, the cleaning out of the menorah and the other kalim and the Beis HaMikdash had to be done both for the purposes of cleaning out in order to use it again, but the also because there was a special service that was done with the ashes, and therefore there was a mitzvah to clean out the ashes in and of themselves. So he understands that once this candle in the menorah goes out and the Kohen walks back in, he cannot just relight it because there is a mitzvah to clean out the ashes in order to do the avoda involving the dash and the ashes. So uh, again, the Briskarov and Reb Lezer both view this Rashi that the cleaning out here does not need to be done in order to light it, but uh, the cleaning needs to be done for its own reason, either because, like Reb Lezer, 
you have to have a preparation, which is avoda, and once you lift it up, you have to replace it, or according to the briskerov, because there's a mitzvah to take care of the ashes. Now, another point which comes up over here has to do with the difference between the menorah and the Hanukkah candles. Uh, as we've seen, the halacha is fairly clear, according to all the Rishonim, that if the menorah candle goes out in the middle of the time it was supposed to burn for, you have to relight it. Uh, the Shulchan Aruch tells us in the laws of Hanukkah that if the Hanukkah candles go out within the time they were they needed to burn, which uh, for us is about a half an hour, so if you put enough oil in that it should have burned for the right amount of time and for some reason it goes out, it was not your fault, so the Shulchan Aruch says you do not need to relight them. And the reason for this, he explains, is because we hold Hadlaka Osam Mitzvah. It's the act of lighting the Hanukkah candles, which does the mitzvah. And when you lit them, you fully fulfilled the mitzvah. The fact that they went out five, ten minutes later has no effect on your fulfillment of the mitzvah. Now, uh, the Taz there raises the issue that uh, in the Gemara, there's another position that Hanukkah Osam Mitzvah, it's the placement of the Hanukkah candles, which do a mitzvah. And uh, according to that position, you should also fulfill the mitzvah so long as when you placed them, it would have burned for the right amount of time. So uh, he says that, yeah, in fact, uh, according to everyone, you do not need to relight the Hanukkah candles. Now, Rashi and Shabbos writes that when it comes to the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash, Hadlaka Osem Mitzvah. The lighting is what does the mitzvah. And so uh, the Achronim wonder why then you need to relight the menorah candles at all if when you lit it, you did the mitzvah. So even if it goes out in the middle of the night, it should not be your problem at all. So, Reb Lazar Silver's Rebbe, the Rogachover, in Tzafnas Paneach, he writes that this indicates that there's a fundamental difference between Hadlaka Osa Mitzvah of the Hanukkah candles and the Hadlaka Osa Mitzvah of the Menorah in the Beis HaMikdash. When it comes to Hanukkah candles, the Mitzvah is the act of lighting. Once you've lit it, you're done, and no matter what happens, you've done your Mitzvah. But when it comes to the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash, the mitzvah is not for you to light it. The mitzvah is for the candles to burn. So therefore, if they go out within their allotted time, you need to relight them. Now, based on this, the Tzafnas Paneach explains a very difficult Rambam. The Rambam says that Hadlokas Haneros Ksheira Bizarim, a non kohen a Zara, Yisrael, is allowed to light the menorah candles. Uh, if a Kohen prepared the menorah and then took it outside, so mutar lazar lahadliko, a non-Kohen is allowed to light it. And this is based on the fact that hadlaka lava voda. As we said, the lighting is not an avoda, so therefore, even if a non-Kohen does it, it's sufficient. The Ravid asks, though, that this is all a dinbidi evet. After the fact, if a non-Kohen lit it, so then it could be okay. But certainly, a non-Kohen should not ideally light it lechatchila. Of course, the lighting should be done by a Kohen. And this is difficult on the Rambam, who seems to imply that even ideally, a non-Kohen, anyone can light the menorah. So uh, the Rogachover explains, based on his idea, that since the mitzvah of the menorah candles is not to light them, but that they should burn, so therefore it's really irrelevant who lights them at all. The only issue is that they burn for the amount of time they need to, but who lights it could be anyone, and that's why the Rambam holds that even lachatchila, even in an ideal situation, anyone could light them. Uh, interestingly enough, almost this same idea appears in Chidush Rabbi Nochaim HaLevi. He uh, suggests basically the same idea in order to explain this Rambam, uh, but he has in a discussion of this notion that the menorah can be lit outside of the Beis HaMikdash. The Rambam said you take them out because the non-Kohen can't go in to light them, 
so you take them out to him. So at first, Reb Chaim says that there's a difference between if you light the menorah in its proper place uh, versus if you take it out. If you take it outside, then anyone can light it. Uh, but then he actually says exactly like the Ragachavar that the mitzvah is for the candles to burn. Uh, the mitzvah is not to light it, and therefore it's totally irrelevant who lights it. Now, Reb Isser Zalman in the Evan HaAzal does explain that even according to Reb Chaim, the fact that the menorah can be lit outside the Beis HaMikdash is an integral part of his argument. Because if you say that the menorah has to be lit in its proper place, then that would indicate that the lighting is part of the mitzvah. The act of lighting is an essential part of this mitzvah. So it's because the menorah can be lit outside that we say that really the lighting is irrelevant. That's uh, one of the proofs, so to speak, that emphasizes that the act of lighting is not the mitzvah, it's the burning of the candle. So uh, the Ragachavar and Rab Chaim are in agreement on that point. Um, the Briskarov also in his piece that we mentioned before, he also agrees with this. He quotes his father and uh, explains the Rambam accordingly. The Rambam holds that in the morning you do not need to relight the candles, put them out and relight them if they're still burning. You just need to add a little bit to them. And uh, this is based on uh, Sifri, which says uh, maybe you should put them out. So uh, the Briskarov explains that this is based on the same notion, that since the mitzvah is that they should burn, not that they should be lit, so if they are still burning in the morning, you do not need to put them out and relight them, but the mitzvah of lighting in the morning can be fulfilled so long as they continue to burn that day. So uh, we have three major achronim here who suggest this distinction between the Hanukkah candles and the menorah candles, that the Hanukkah candles have to be lit and the menorah candles need to burn. Uh, interestingly enough, the author of the Nesiv Mishpat in his book, Mekor Chaim, which is on Hilchos Pesach, but at the end he has some co- uh, comments on Hanukkah. So at the beginning of the Hilchos Hanukkah, he himself makes this distinction that the candles of the menorah have to burn, whereas the Hanukkah candles have to be lit. So uh, that's really the first person to suggest this. Now, Reb Lazer entertains a different, totally different approach, which would hold that it's the lighting of the menorah candles that is the mitzvah, not their burning. So uh, he argues that we could read all of these sources in a way which would support that the Hanukkah candles and the menorah candles are the same, that it's the act of lighting which is the mitzvah. Now, if so, so why do you have to relight the menorah candles in the middle of the night if they went out? Why are they different from the Hanukkah candles? So Reb Lazer says that we could suggest that because the Torah says, may Erevad Boker, that the candles have to burn from evening till morning, so it's almost like there's a condition in this mitzvah that it has to keep being relit until the morning. In other words, the mitzvah is the lighting, and once you've done the lighting, you've fulfilled your mitzvah, but there is a condition in the Torah that you have to continuously relight it up until the morning, and only at the morning are you no longer obligated to relight it. But uh, so long as it goes out before morning, you would have to relight it. So uh, that is a way to understand that halacha without having to say that the mitzvah is different from the Hanukkah candles. The Hanukkah candles don't have that condition that you have to relight them, whereas the menorah candles do. Now, what about the, the proof from the Rambam that says that a non-Kohen could light the menorah outside of the Beis HaMikdash? That seems to imply that the lighting is not part of the mitzvah. So Reb Lazer points to the Rios Shlomo from Reb Shlomo Feinzilber, 
And uh, he actually argues against this whole reading of the Rambam. And uh, he says that when the Rambam says, Hotzion Lachutz, that he took it outside, it does not mean the menorah. If you read this carefully, so the grammar indicates that he could not be talking about the menorah. Hotzion is a plural form, and uh, the menorah is a singular. So, so if it was the menorah, it should have said, Hotzion he took it outside. So hotzi'an indicates that we're talking about something in the plural. Uh, and he points out it cannot be that you take the candles out because the Rambam said that the candles are not able to come out. So uh, he says that we're talking about a, a sort of far-fetched case where you made such long wicks that they go all the way from the Beis HaMikdash outside and the non-Kohen is standing there and lights the wick and then it goes back to the menorah, which is in its proper place. Uh, that's the way the Urios Shlomo reads this. And uh, based on that explanation, so uh, this would turn the whole thing on its head, then the menorah does have to be lit in its place. One of Reb Chaim's proofs is that since the menorah could be moved outside the Beis HaMikdash and lit there, so you see that the lighting could be done anywhere, but according to the Urios Shlomo, uh, the opposite is true. It has to be lit in the proper place, and when we say that a non-Kohen lights it outside, it means that the wicks go all the way out. So according to the Rio Shlomo, it's actually the lighting itself which is significant. Uh, why a non-Kohen is able to do it, Lechatchila, I don't believe he addresses, and I don't believe Reb Lazer Silver addresses. But uh, Reb Lazer Silver does say that this uh, is another approach over here, that where the menorah is is important because the Hadlaka, the actual lighting, does the mitzvah. Now, the Minchas Chinuch, before a lot of these Mepharshim were written, uh, so he quotes from the Maser Okeach a question, which is that if Hadlaka osa mitzvah, so the Gemara says that the Hadlaka has to be done in its proper place. So uh, for Hanukkah candles, if we hold Hadlaka osa mitzvah, you'd have to light it in the place where it's going to burn. So says the Menchas Chinuch, how then, according to the Rambam, could you take the menorah outside the Beis HaMikdash and go ahead and light it when, as we said, Hadlaka osa mitzvah in the menorah, and it should have to be lit in its proper place. So according to both approaches, this question would now be answered. According to the Rogachavar and Reb Chaim, since when it comes to the menorah, the mitzvah is for the candles to burn, so that would uh, explain why you can light it wherever, because even though Hadlaka osa mitzvah, but the act of lighting is not the mitzvah, and so it can be done even outside. Uh, according to the Rio Shlomo and Reb Lezer, so again we have an answer to this, because in the case of the Rambam, the menorah is lit in its proper place. It's only the wicks which are taken outside, but the menorah is not moved. Uh, interestingly enough, the Maser Okeach, when he asks this question, he actually explicitly argues against the idea of the Arios Shlomo uh, hundreds of years earlier, and he says that you can't say that the Rambam is talking about making long wicks which go all the way out, because that, that's too far-fetched a situation. So he already argues against that. Now, based on this, Reb Lazer questions an answer given by Reb Nachum Zemba. There's a famous question of the Beis Yosef on Hanukkah that uh, if they found enough oil for one night, so why do we say that it's an eight-day miracle? It was really only a miracle for seven days. And uh, there's many, many answers given to this. Uh, the Beis Yosef has a few answers. One of them is that they took that one jar of oil. They thought they only would 
would have one, and they split it into eight different sections. And each night they burned one eighth of the oil, and uh, each night it burned for the entire night. So it was a miracle for all eight nights. Now the uh, issue with this is that we hold ein kleisharis mikadshin elamalein that uh, the vessels in the base mikdash do not sanctify things unless they have their full measurement. So this oil then would not have been sanctified because when it was put into the vessel, it was not a full measurement. It was only an eighth. So it would not have been become uh, hectish. It would not have been sanctified. So that would be a real problem to be lighting oil, which was not sanctified. Now, what about when it went into the menorah? So there's a whole issue over here because a vessel which is stuck to the ground is also not uh, so the menorah should not have been Mekadish something uh, because it was a vessel which remained on the ground. So uh, how would this one-eighth of oil have become sanctified? So Reb Nachum Zemba, and this is part of a larger discussion he has, but the, he answered that based on the Rambam, that you can take the menorah out of its place. So uh, very simple. They put the oil in the menorah, lifted it up. Now the menorah was not connected to the ground, and therefore they were able to be makadish the oil that way in the menorah. And it was a full measurement because that's what they were going to be using for that night. So uh, that was Reb Nachum Zemba's approach. Uh, Reb Lazer questions this because, uh, first of all, as we've said, he uh, has the Ariel Shlomo's reading, which does not accept that you can move the menorah. The menorah always has to remain where it is. Uh, only the wicks can go out. So uh, based on that, the menorah is a vessel which was always on the ground. And the second of all, Reb Lazer questions that Reb Nachum Zemba seems to be mixing the lighting of the menorah, which as we said is not avoda. So even if the Rambam holds that you could light the menorah outside of the Beis HaMikdash, that's only the lighting. But the preparation of the, of the menorah, the Hatava, is avoda, and that uh, presumably has to be done in its proper place no matter what. So uh, here where we're talking about sanctifying the oil, that's a preparation, and that would seem to have certainly had to be done in the proper place. So Reb Lazer questions that answer. Uh, he quotes that Reb Nachum Zemba had another answer to this, which is that the Rashi indicates that the reason why you cannot sanctify less than a measurement is because it's not proper, it's not fit to be used. So says Rabbi Nachum Zemba, in this situation where this is what they were going to be using, one-eighth, so that even though it was less than the actual measurement, but it would have been sanctified because that was what they were going to be used, so it was fitting. It was proper to be sanctified in the vessels. Now, one last theme related to all this that Rabbi Lazer discusses has to do with a comment of the Rogachover in Safnas Paneach. As we saw before, the Rogachover holds that the lighting itself is not the mitzvah in the menorah, uh, so therefore anyone could do it. But the Rogachover qualifies that all of that is only the other candles and not the Ner Ma'aravi, the Western candle, which as we said before is special, so that certainly had to be lit by the Kohen and not anyone could light it. Now, based on this, the Yitzhafnas Paneach offers a very interesting reading of the Rambam. When the Rambam tells the story of Hanukkah, so he says that they came in and they lit the Neros Hama'aracha, the candles of the row. Now, this, of course, is a very strange phrase because he should have said that they came and they lit the menorah. What do you mean the Neros Hama'aracha? So the Tzafnas Paneach says, a very big Chiddush, that at the times of Hanukkah, they did not light a menorah at all. Every night, they lit one candle, which was the Ner Ma'arabi, but there was no menorah. And he proves this. He says that the Psikta Kahana says that they lit eight 
poles, metal poles. What do you mean eight? The uh, menorah in the Beis Hamikdash was only seven. So he says this means every night they lit one candle of the Ner Ma'aravi. There was no menorah that they lit. And that's why the Rambam does not talk about the Neros HaMenorah, because they did not light a menorah. They lit every night one candle of the Ner Ma'aravi. Now, uh, the Tzavnas Paneach was asked in his tshuvas that uh, how could you light the Ner Ma'aravi without any other candles of the menorah? That seems to be a big chiddish. But uh, either way, this is his distinction based on the fact that the Ner Ma'aravi had a very special status, so therefore they lit it on its own in the times of Hanukkah, even though they could not light the other candles. Now, Reb Lazer says that based on this very original insight of the Tzavnas Paneach and this very unusual retelling of the Hanukkah story, uh, he can answer a question that he was bothered with, which is, we light one candle the first night to the second, we build up. And uh, there's other another sheet in the Gemara that you build down. So you'd start with eight, then go to seven, etc. But to either way, says Rav Lazer, what is the point of lighting less than seven candles? What is the point of lighting one candle or two candles? If the point is to remember the miracle that happened with the menorah, so then how is lighting one candle in any way reminiscent of the menorah? Uh, but, says Reb Lezer, according to the Rogachevers read of the Hanukkah story, since the first night of Hanukkah, they only lit one candle. And the second night of Hanukkah, they only lit one candle. So we are in fact remembering not the menorah, but we're remembering the miracle which happened. And that is reminisced by lighting one more or one less candle each night. So the number one is actually very, very relevant to Hanukkah because it reminds us of that original miracle which happened and which actually only involved one candle at a time, not seven. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. 